Thank you, Pastor. I want to say again, thank you for letting us be here in these days. We certainly have enjoyed the time of fellowship together, and I appreciate all the meals and a nice place to stay. We're grateful for your hospitality. I want to invite your attention tonight uh, to the Gospel of Luke, Luke's Gospel, chapter number 16, and uh, I want to share a message from this portion of Scripture tonight. We'll begin reading in verse number 19 of Luke chapter 16. The Bible said there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this between us and you, there is a great guff fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they come into this place of torment. And Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. I'm interested in this text tonight. And uh, I want to share a message from that. Would you bow with us for, for prayer? Father, we come pleading the blood of Jesus tonight for this service. Lord, you know every heart, every life. You know the needs represented here. We thank you for the assurance in our hearts as believers that uh, hell is a place prepared for the devil and his angels and those who've been washed in the blood of the Lamb will never feel the fire of hell. Yeah. I do thank you tonight for the assurance in our heart of our relationship with thee. And I pray for those who might not know that, that you might open their heart and their mind to receive the truth of God's word and help them to be willing to act upon it. Do what I cannot do. I thank you for all that you will do. In Jesus' lovely name I pray. Amen. And amen. 
I want to just give a little introduction by saying this. Hell was a place prepared for the devil and his angels. And if a person dies without Christ, they go to a devil's hell. And, and so uh, it is it's what you do with Christ while you live that determines your eternal destiny. There, there's a lot of folks that are confused about the matter of being born again. Uh, that means we're born of the Spirit. We're born from above. We're born according to the Word of God. There are some people who have the idea that, in fact, I've talked to them, and they, I've said, well, are you, do you know the Lord? And they said, I'll never forget the time when I was baptized. Baptism doesn't wash any sins away. If I thought the water would save people, I'd get me a tank truck and I'd, I'd put folks under the water before they knew what was happening. But you're not saved by the water. You're saved by the blood of the Lamb. Some folk have the idea. And if you work, that's what I was taught as a young man. If you work uh, hard enough and if your good outweighs the bad, then you get to go to heaven. But if the bad outweighs the good, then you go to hell. I want to say to you, how do you know when you've, uh, you've done enough good if it was that way? But you're not saved according by what you do. You're saved because of what Christ did for you. And so in Hebrews 9 and 27, the Bible said, And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this a judgment. Now, by the way, everybody in this building has an appointment with death. Uh, we don't know when that might come due, but I, I, my little eight-year-old nephew rode his little bicycle right out into the pathway of a city bus, and that bus hit him, and he was killed instantly at eight years of age. My sister almost climbed in the coffin with him, and my sister kept saying to me, Joe, where is Bobby? Where is Bobby? I, I don't know where Bobby was, but I know this. Bobby had a desire to go to church. He went to church with us several times, and his mother stopped him from going. So I don't know about that, but I do know this. I do know, and somebody said, well, you know, was he old enough? I don't know, and you don't know what the age of accountability is. There's some folk who want to make it 12 years old, but you can't justify that in the Bible. I, I'm saying one child might comprehend when they're uh, 12 years old, another might be 16, or another might be younger than that. I'm saying that's between that person and God. I, I do realize this, that anytime anybody has a desire to be born again, the Holy Ghost of God has already dealt in that heart. That's not normal. That's not natural. Uh, it is unnatural for a lost person to have any desire for God. Here's what the Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The Bible said, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto him. And Paul said, now we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. Uh, again, I'm reminded in the book of Mark, chapter 8, and verse 36, he said, uh, uh, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for the soul? And the book of Proverbs, of, uh, of the book of Psalms, he said, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. This matter of being saved is the most serious issue that you'll ever be faced with. I'm saying 
if people, and the majority, could I say it this way, and I say it carefully and cautiously, but the majority of people who died today around the world went to hell. And so we're interested in helping folks that they might stay out of hell. We don't want you to go to hell. We want you to be born again. And and so I'm saying this, in verse number 33, I believe that's where I was reading. Uh, Notice uh, back in the book of Luke again, uh, uh, and, and let's see, verse number 26, he said, and besides all this, this is a conversation between uh, the rich man and Abraham, and he said, besides all this, uh, uh, b- between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence uh, to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Now, I've got members of my family that if they died tonight, I have no I have no assurance whatsoever that I'll see them again. Right. I, and by the way, if you're here without Christ you and you hear the gospel and reject the gospel, your heart becomes hardened and every time you hear it, it becomes more hardened to the gospel. Christ doesn't want anybody to go to, to, to go to hell. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so I'm interested in that great partition That's between heaven and hell. Now, the only place in the New Testament where Abraham speaks directly is in this chapter. Uh, It does not refer to some incident in the Old Testament. It gives insight into the state of the loss after death. We have an appointment with death, and if you die without Christ, you wake up in hell. Somebody said, well, if I go to hell, I'll have a lot of company. No, you won't. You won't know anything about it for hell is a place of outer darkness. And, and, and there's folk who joke about hell. Hell is no joke. And when people die without Christ, that's where they go. I, I say to you, I, this is dealing with uh, what happens after death, after they die. This, this account is not a parable. The story is, uh, is not just an illustration, but a describing reality. It's describing reality. Bible said, Job said it this way, he said, man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. And we understand, we understand that he's describing reality. Both the, both the men in this account were actual people. I, I want to I say to you in verse number 19, what did he say? He said there was a certain rich man. He's referred to the rich man and, uh, and the beggar's name was given. His name was Lazarus. And, and, the, and so the Lord had a specific person in mind when these verses were, were written down. And so uh, uh, no one in this, uh, in this account, is, no one in a parable is, uh, is mentioned by name as Lazarus was. And so the rich man is stated as having five brothers. I have four. The rich man had five brothers. And by the way, he got concerned for them, but he got concerned too late. Nothing can change now. But he's saying to Abraham, would you send somebody to my father's house that they may not come to this place of torment? 
Hell is no Sunday school picnic. Hell, hell is a place where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. There's a well-known evangelist that said he wasn't sure that there was literal fire in hell. Could I say to you the same word that, uh, that's used of hell was used of the fire, the fire in hell was used of, of the fire that destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. I believe that there is literal fire in hell. I believe it's a place of of outer darkness. Now, the rich man is stated to have five brothers, and 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 then the, uh, Lazarus, uh, the next man in the passage, uh, the conversation takes place between the rich man in hell and Abraham that's in paradise. And so our passage states that Abraham makes a statement to the rich man and, and the Pharisees and others that were listening, and he gives... He gives some solemn facts, and I'm going to deal with three of those tonight, and here's the message. He talks about a, a change that's irreversible. He talks about a chasm that is uncrossable, and he talks about a conversion that's impossible. And so that's what I'm going to deal with, that a change that was irreversible. It's not reversible. In, in, in the text, we, uh, we have, we, we were, we're reminded of a, dr- a dramatic change, a change in the relative position of the two men, the rich man and Lazarus. And so the two men whose histories are given, for one, the change was from luxury to torment. And by the way, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange of his soul? And so in the previous verse, verse 19 through 24, we have, the, we have the definition or have the detail of the changes that took place. So we're talking about what happens when a man dies without Christ and he goes to hell. I want to say it kindly tonight, but I want to say it firmly. There's no such place called purgatory. There's no purgatory between here and eternity. If you die as a Christian, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Hallelujah. But if you die as a lost person, to be absent from the body is to be present in hell. And, and so I see before death and in life, the contrast between the rich man and Lazarus was a very sharp contrast. It, it was this, regarding the social position uh, listen, the rich man, he, he's a very rich man and he's a very prosperous man according to verse number 19. But Lazarus was a beggar. He's a beggar and he's, he's asking, desiring crumbs that would fall from the rich man's table and no man gave to him. Now, notice again, regarding their covering, regarding their covering, the rich man, uh, listen, was clothed in purple and fine linen. Uh, the best that money could buy, the garments which, in, uh, which indicated wealth and indi- indicated prestige. And I say to you, that only, the only covering that's mentioned of Lazarus what he, was that he was full of sores, full of sores, verse 20. And so regarding the food they eat, listen, the, the, uh, the rich man fared sumptuously every day. And by the way, there's a lot of people who, uh, who are rich men and they feel like they're going to get to heaven because of 
their material gain. No, no, you don't go to heaven because of material gain. You go to heaven as a bankrupt sinner without God, without help, and without hope. I'm saying to you, if I was in this building tonight and I didn't know Jesus as my Savior, I'd run to him tonight. I, I wouldn't wait for invitation. I'd come now. That's what Jesus said. Come now. Let us reason together. But remember, remember the former, uh, listen, uh, he, he faced, uh, he fared sumptuously every day, but Lazarus was one that desired to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. And, and so, uh, listen, regarding the position they held, I, I, I find this, that uh, the rich man and, uh, uh, is at his table and he's probably in a laid back position, reclining position, and Lazarus was, uh, well, listen, he, he was, uh, uh, his place was that he was laid, verse number 20, he's laid at the gate of a dusty street. And so as far as, the, are you listening? As far as the world was concerned, listen, there was no doubt about which they thought would be the better off. As far as the world is concerned. As far as religion is concerned. And could I say, uh, surely there is, there is significance in the meaning of the name Lazarus. It means this. It means God is my help. It is God is my help. And by the way, God was his only help. Listen, preacher might, preacher might preach to you. He might, he might express his love and his concern for you. But I'm going to tell you, no one ever cared for me like Jesus. He came to me when I could not come to him. I'm saying, thank God for the mercy and thank God for the grace. And he gave me an opportunity to be born again, to be placed in the family of God. And so surely there's significance in that name, Lazarus. God is my help. And uh, the rich man did nothing to help Lazarus. He did nothing to help the beggar, and, and nor did the dogs. In fact, is they were adding insult and misery to, uh, to a Jew. A dog was unclean animal, both in ritual and in reality. Now, notice the way verse 22. The Bible said in verse number 22, and it came to pass that the beggar died and, and, uh, and was carried in verse number 20, and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And so here is the only common point uh, between the two of them was that they both died. They both died. And, and so now I've, I've, been asked to, uh, I've been asked to preach funeral services uh, of people that I didn't know. And, and so I, I take that as an opportunity to give the gospel, but I've had families that get furious with me because they thought I ought to preach them into heaven. Listen, could I tell you, the destiny of souls is not in the hands of a preacher. It's a matter of what you do with Christ while you're living. Somebody said, I know I'm lost. I know I need to get saved, but not now. How do you know you'll be in your right mind tomorrow? How, how do you know you'll be alive tomorrow? I'm saying the Bible said today is a day of salvation, and now is the accepted time. 
And so I, I come back, the verse said that the rich man also died. It's the only time that word uh, also is used in our text. The only time the passage that, uh, uh, that the word also is used and in comparison to the two men. Before this, they had nothing in common. Nothing, not one thing in common in this world. Everything was better for the rich man. You'd be better to get saved and be a pauper than to have a lot of money and die and go to hell. How, how important is it? And so where did, that, where did they cross over? Where did that crossover take place? I, I say to you, at the point of death. And so I'm saying there's a change that's irreversible. Somebody said, well, I'll get saved later. You don't know. You don't know if there's going to be a later. It says, I, had a, I, I showed the film, The Burning Hell, uh, by S.S. Perkle years ago and, and, a, and on an evening service, uh, especially we had the building was packed out and the balcony was full and, uh, and my organist was on this side and her husband was sitting over where Miss Pam would be sitting and he had a brother, his name was Jerry, he had a brother named Danny and Danny was sitting way up in the balcony on the last row. And the Spirit of God moved in that service as the invitation was given. And I watched Jerry get up from his seat, go down that side aisle into the vestibule, up the stairs to the last row in the balcony to talk to his brother Danny. And he, he wanted Danny to be saved. And, and, and Danny jerked away and said, Leave me alone. And, and so he came back brokenhearted and took his seat. It wasn't three weeks later that Danny was driving his motorcycle down Glenwood Avenue in Thomasville, Georgia, and a lady in a Cadillac pulled out in front of him, and he hit that Cadillac broadside. They picked him up in, in, the, in Thomasville, took him to the local hospital, and the local hospital said his injuries are more severe than we can handle. We need to transfer him to the hospital in Tallahassee. Put him back in the ambulance and started to Tallahassee. And just on the outskirts of Tallahassee, he drew his last breath. Brother Jerry said to me, I want you to preach his funeral, but I want you to tell the whole story. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, it's a dangerous thing for you to reject the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus wants you saved, and he wants you saved now. And, and, and so I, I, preached that, I preached that funeral service for Danny, and I gave the gospel, and there was folks fuming at me because they, because they wanted a preacher to pacify them. Could I say to you, eternity is too long, and the judgment seat of Christ is so real, I can't afford to compromise the word of God. And so I hear preachers say, they don't even know them. And they said, oh, they're all right. They're good people. Good people go to hell if they don't know Jesus as their personal Savior. And so I'm not trying to frighten anybody, scare anybody, but I'm saying your loved ones without Christ and my loved ones without Christ, if they do not get saved before the coming of the Lord or before death, they'll end up in the place that was prepared for the devil and his angels. So if you go to, if you go to hell then you go to hell as an intruder. That wasn't God's plan for your life. And so at the point of death, there was a great letter. Death marked the point 
in which this immeasurable uh, uh, change took place. In, in the relative position they took, the rich man, the Bible said, was buried. It does not say anything about Lazarus being buried at all. Uh, it, the rich man was buried before a man of his wealth that had been and prestige. The world would have a, uh, uh, given a great event of great pomp. And, and I say, we do not even read that Lazarus was buried. But uh, uh, if, if he was, it would have been very different, likely a pauper's grave. I say to you, we see the contrast between their destinies. The con- are you listening? The contrast between their destiny. The rich man died and in hell. He was buried, but in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments. And so that lets me know this, that there is, uh, there's feelings in hell. The man, the man that is so bent on his sin, he'll never get satisfied for all eternity. I, I, I'm saying how grateful tonight that we ought to be if we know Jesus as our personal Savior and heaven is our home. And so the rich man was buried and for a man of his wealth and prestige it had been great power. And so we don't read of Lazarus being buried. If he was, it would have been the pauper's grave. And so we see the, con- the, the contrast in their destinies. The best thing that happened to the rich man at his death was what happened to his body. And, and the Bible said he was buried. But for Lazarus, the best thing that happened to him was that, uh, that had to do with his spirit. He was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. So men carried the rich man's body and the angels carried Lazarus' spirit. And so the rich man lived for the physical. Listen, listen. The rich man listen, uh, he lived for the physical and that's what's mentioned in connection with his death. But uh, the poor man... Uh, had been concerned with the spiritual, and that, that is what is recorded for us at his death. So there's a contrast in their destinies. After death, notice verse 23. The Bible said, And in hell he lift up his eyes. This is a rich man. And in hell lift up his eyes, being in torments. And uh, again, hell's no joke. Uh, being in torments. And he seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger, not fingers, just one finger, uh, in water and cool my tongue uh, for I am tormented in this flame. Can I say that's been over 2,000 years ago and he's still, he's still thirsting and he still desires from relief. But in hell, there's no relief. Right. I say to you, at death, the completeness of the change is vividly brought before us. Lazarus is in a place of bliss. Praise God in the Lamb forever. Yeah. Heaven is a wonderful place filled with glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's faith. Yeah. Thank God heaven is a wonderful place. Jesus was speaking to his disciples just prior to his ascension back to heaven in Acts. And he said in John, he said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe God, believe in God, believe also in me. He said, Don't be troubled about a person to believe in. You can believe in God. 
And then he said, don't be troubled about a place to live in. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, I'll come again. So don't be troubled about a promise to rest in. If I go, I'm going to come again. Then he said, don't be troubled about a path to walk in. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming to the Father but by me. Now listen to me. I believe the rich man in hell had an opportunity to be saved. And I don't, I'm, I'll, I'll deal with that before I get finished tonight. But, but, but you understand that uh, the best thing to happen to, to, to Lazarus was he was, uh, had to do with the spirit. He's carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. When men carried the rich man's body, angels uh, uh, carried Lazarus' spirit. And again, after death, the completeness of the change, Lazarus was in a place of bliss, and the rich man was in a place called Hades. I, I, I say to us tonight, uh, he was aware of where he was. He's aware, he's in hell. He's in torment. He can feel the flames. He, 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 uh, he is aware of the place he was. And he's aware, he's aware of the bliss of others because he's crying out to Abraham. And, and so uh, he, he, is, uh, he desires even the slightest relief, just a drop of water. How awful that one would scarcely have allowed a few crumbs to fall from the table to help a beggar. He's now wanting that beggar, uh, the same poor man, to come from afar and to give him a drop of water. What a change. I'm saying it pays to serve Jesus. It pays to serve every day. So the rich man proves that he, that he surely shows that material gain is not necessarily a sign of God's pleasure. And Lazarus also proves that faith in God does not result in material wealth. I, I, I say to you, believe in the gospel will ensure wealth in the life to come. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel, listen, it, uh, it unveils the mind of God. It, it un unlocks the heart of God. It unfolds the will of God. And the gospel is a death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not only died, he was buried, and up from the grave he arose, and he said, because I live, ye shall live also. And Job said it this way. He said, if a man die, shall he live again. I'm going to tell you, you're going to live somewhere, but you're not going to live here forever. So we have eternal life. Now, in verse 25, notice verse 25, the Bible said, But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Abraham said, Son. He was a child of Abraham. A child of Abraham physically, but not so spiritually. And so remember that he said, Son, remember, uh, could I say, the faculty of memory is not lost in hell. And, and so there is no possibility of any reversible of the, of the change that took place when these men died. And, and so no possibility of Lazarus making a journey to alleviate his, his suffering, his rough suffering of the rich man. Lazarus is now permanently in a, in a state of comfort, and the rich man is permanently in the place of torment. 
My, my, my. Could I say the roles will never be reversed. It's unchangeable. Where one goes upon death is fixed for eternity. And so those who believe that believe in purgatory and praying folks out of purgatory is foreign to the word of God. And so that's the, that's the change that's irreversible. It cannot happen. It won't happen. Secondly, could I say, he's speaking of a chasm that is not crossable. Verse 26, notice what he said, verse 26. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great guff fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. It's a, a chasm. Another reason that, Zac, that, that Lazarus could not go and help the rich man is because of that chasm, that great gulf, that divide, which cannot be crossed. It's uh, impassable. I, I, I say to you here again, we see the, 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 permanent, the permanent state of a lost man. The Bible said in Proverbs, uh, Boast not thyself of tomorrow. For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. I was pastor of the Eastside Baptist Church in Thomasville, Georgia. I was able to, to appoint a man to Christ who got gloriously saved. And when he got saved, he wanted his brother saved. That's what happened to me. And if you got saved, you'd want your family saved too. But his brother refused, his brother refused. And highway, U.S. Highway uh, 19 or 319 comes down through Thomasville. But he was on 19 headed toward uh, his brother on Saturday night. He was headed toward uh, Albany, Georgia. And he, uh, he had been drinking, and uh, he hit a bridge abutment. And in that car, something happened. He's locked in, couldn't get out of the car, and the car's on fire. And the highway patrol did his best to rescue him, but they couldn't. And so this brother that I was able to point to the Lord said of his brother, he said, I'm... I'm so sorry that my brother died the way he did because he died in the fire and he's going to be in the fire forever. And by the way, that's a sobering thought. That's why we ought to be more diligent in the matter of giving the gospel to others that they might come to know Christ as a personal say. No purgatory. The last state is the final state. The great gulf between the saved and the lost after, de- after death. And so let me, give you, let me give you the last little thought and say this. Uh, not only a change that's not reversible and a chasm that's not crossable, but I want to mention just a word about a conversion that is not possible. You said that sounds a little strange. Notice in verse 29, the Bible said this, And Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they would repent. And he, said unto, and he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. And so there is a conversion that is not possible. The rich man realizes that there is no help for him. But it's too late. He realizes no help for him. And so he's asking Abraham if he'd send somebody to his father's house that they might what? And give them the message that they might, what was that word? Repent. 
that, that they might repent. No repentance, no salvation. Uh, and somebody said, how do you know you're repenting? Because I'm still repenting today. I, I, I'm, I'm, reminded, I'm reminded of that conversion that was not possible. Rich man realizes that there's no help for him, so he tries to get help for others. He wants his own brother saved. By the way, you ought to want your brother saved too. Uh, we want our, our brothers, our family, our friends saved. And, and, and so I, I see the, a, a conversion. Abraham's saying to the rich man in hell, if they don't believe Moses and the prophets, neither will they believe the one raised from the dead. There's a lot of folks that talk about these experiences of being out-of-body experiences and going out. I don't believe a word of it. it it's, it's this. The rich man is desiring help for his brother, but a conversion based upon seeing a dead man uh, is impossible. If a person does not accept the word of God, if they don't accept the word of God, he will not accept the God of the word. He'll not accept the, the word of man if he'll not see the word of God. And so there's no substitute for preaching. That's why your pastor preaches the gospel. That's why when you give out your testimony, you're presenting the gospel. There's no substitute for the preaching of the word of God. Nothing else will bring salvation. Nothing else will bring salvation. It's not the water it's not works, it's not the wafer, it's not wonders, it's the blood of the Lamb. And Christ suffered all hell for all sinners that sinners might be converted unto him. He said if they'll not hear Moses and the prophets, if, if they'll not hear the scriptures, there's sadly no hope for them. When you reject God and reject God's word, there is no other message. No hope. And so they, the, it was not the fact that the rich man was rich that took him to hell. The failure to believe the word of God took him to hell. John chapter 3 verse 18. He that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. In verse number 19. And this is a condemnation. That light is coming into the world and men love darkness rather than light. And, and listen, by the way, he said, they'll not come to the light lest their deeds be reproved. That's why some folk can't take but about one service every three months. Amen. It's because the light's turned on and they become very uncomfortable. By the way, you ought to be uncomfortable if you don't know the Lord. Let me say this. Uh, uh, the fact that Abraham was in the place of bliss and Abraham was a very rich man according to Genesis 13 and verse number 2 but it did not keep him from salvation he's the father of the faithful the rich man himself stated that his brothers needed to do what they need to repent amen and that's uh, that's a subject that's not dealt with that often but if you're going to preach the whole counsel of God it's repentance and faith could I say don't believe you can separate the two I believe it goes hand in hand repentance toward God faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ and so the rich man himself stated that his brothers needed to repent and if you're here tonight that's what you need to do you need to repent of your sin uh, listen, 
you, you, you don't go to hell because of what you do in the fact of the works or the involvement of the sin you commit. You go to hell because you refuse God's plan of salvation. Right. And so, in verse number 30, let me read it again. He said, and he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. No, 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 you don't get saved because someone rose from the dead. You get saved because you believe the gospel of the Lord Jesus and you receive him as your personal Savior. And so it didn't say send one, someone to tell them to get rid of all their riches, get rid of all their, we- their, their wealth. But Abraham tells uh, the rich man that his brothers have Moses and they have the prophets. If his brothers had it, then don't you think he probably had it too? I, I, I'm saying this shows that the rich man also, when he was alive, had the same testimony available uh, to him and in, in, uh, in, in common with the other members of his family. And so he said, Abraham said, now be reminded that they'll not, they'll not be saved if one rose from the dead and they came with a message. If you reject the word of God. And, and they had uh, refused to listen to that testimony. And so he was, uh, in verse number 31, notice again, he said, And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Uh, and so uh, he was not persuaded, verse number 31, as to the truth. And the truth is that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. That means that in this building tonight, everybody in this building tonight is a sinner. You're either a saved sinner or a lost sinner. If you're a saved sinner, you're saved eternally. If you're a lost sinner, you can become a saved sinner tonight by receiving the message of Christ. And so, again, as, uh, and, and, and what determined their destiny? What determined their destiny? Will determine your destiny. It's what you do with Christ. And so it is possible to be rich materially and be in agony for all eternity. And it is how one responds to the gospel that determines whether one will be in eternity, where they'll be in eternity. If you receive Christ, your eternal death. The next thing on God's calendar, listen carefully, the next thing on God's calendar is the catching away of the bride of Christ. It could happen any minute. It could happen tonight before we leave this building. Jesus is coming again, and he's coming for his bride. He's coming for those who've been saved by the grace of God. He's coming for his children. And, and, and by the way, that we, we believe in the imminent return of our Lord. I, I, the things that's going on in our world today, I think, is shaping up for the coming of the Lord Jesus. I don't know the day, neither does anybody else know the day, nor the hour, but we, did, we do know this. Paul said, he said uh, in, in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I just gone, went out the window for me. He, he said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe, there it is, if we believe, uh, if, if we believe, what does it say? He said, uh, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you, 
For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself, he's not going to send an angel. There won't be any substitute. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain uh, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So I ask the question tonight, what is your destiny? Where are you going to spend eternity? There's too many people, and I've, I've, I've had services where it's uh, from all indications, folks that died, their body was in the casket, but they were in hell. I'm not the judge, and you're not the judge. And it's not what you do with the preacher, and it's not what you do with the church. It's what you do with Jesus Christ. And Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. He's the only way. He's not a way. He's the only way. And you get saved by acknowledging your lost and helpless condition and by faith trusting him, repenting in your heart, believing the Lord. He can save you today. I can't save you. Pastor can't save you. But Christ can save you. Would you bow?